Hello, and welcome to another episode of One Controller Ports Podcast. This is episode 5, the fifth in a series of pod- or short-form podcasts with just me, myself, and I. We're going to be in and out of here in hopefully 10 minutes. I'm actually cutting down on music because last time it was just pretty ridiculous how much music I put in. So this time I have cut it down and I might cut it down more. Anyways, so the music you just heard though, because we still have music here, is the uh, is from Lost Kingdoms on the Nintendo GameCube. The Plains of Rowell is the area it's from. Um, it's a pretty cool GameCube game. It's pretty cool. It's one of the, the earlier uh, third-party exclusives and no one really talks about it all that much. Uh, probably because it wasn't that great, but it was, it was still good. So I think it's it's an interesting title. I hope to to write something about it someday. Uh, I actually did a review on Classic Game Room. Now that I think about it, but anyways, it was a GameCube exclusive. And speaking of Nintendo, we're going to be talking a lot of Nintendo today because there's a lot of Nintendo stuff happening. So. So, specifically, one of the big Nintendo stuff happening is uh, that Nintendo is at a $900 million loss. Yeah, that's that's not so not so good. Uh, they're blaming a lot of it to the to the uh, how strong the yen is to the U.S. dollar, and so they're losing a lot of money on that. And if if it continues to be a loss at the end of this year, and you know the 3DS doesn't recuperate uh, and that loss, it'll be Nintendo's first uh, yearly loss. Since 1981. That being said, a 30-year track record is pretty good. But I'm sure they'd rather it be uh, 40 years. 40 years would be better. On the good side with Nintendo, though, is that they will be improving the eShop. They announced a bunch of other stuff, including that they'll be improving the eShop. Although, I I don't think they're too terribly interesting updates. Uh, it just lets you do some... PC interaction with the eShop. Uh, eventually, they plan on letting you buy games from the eShop through your PC, and I guess that's okay if you want to do that. I guess. Uh, and then also, Spot Pass or allow you to download games through Spot Pass, which uh, I haven't really had that much trouble with, with like length of time that people have or that I've had with download. So I don't really know. In what situation that would be all that useful, but you know, whatever, you know, improvements are always good. More exciting stuff, though, is the updates that are coming to the Street Pass Me Plaza, where they'll be adding new puzzles and they'll be adding new, uh, new Street Pass quests with branching paths. It's pretty cool. Find, find me again, although I don't know if you'll be actually finding me this time, but you'll be finding something, maybe. I don't know. You just gotta play find out. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and they also showed off some um, eShop games that actually are coming into North America. Uh, they, I don't think they were revealed. Most I don't think were revealed. Um, I think they were just kind of stuff that they had talked about before. There's some pretty interesting ones. Uh, there's one from E3 with like a armadillo who rolls around and stuff. Uh, and there's this one where the guy that pushes blocks. I think that's made by Intelligent Intelligent Systems, which I did a review on recently. On, on their other game, Spato. I didn't review Intelligent System. I reviewed their game, Spato. Uh, so, so yeah, it looks pretty fun. And I think there's some other game that I think might actually be out in Japan already. I thought I saw footage of it, of people playing it, but I'm not sure. 
more what made me more excited though was it, I think this is an actual retail release is that they're uh, revealed a new samurai game although it pretty much looks like a spiritual successor to samurai uh, or mysterious castle Murasame which features samurai Takamaru which uh which, if you're not familiar with, uh, he's in... There's, a, I think he's a trophy in Brawl, or he's a sticker? I think he's one of those two, and I think he has his music in Brawl. Uh, but he's also in Samurai Warriors 3 that Nintendo put him in. But it was an NES game, kind of kind of like Zelda, but more of an arcade environment. Uh, but very cool game. I've, I really wish I had it. <laughs> I wanna, it looks very cool, I should say. And the uh, the new one looks not like the last one. It looks more t- like timed uh, slashes, which it looks cool. And then, but then Nintendo of America didn't have a peep about it when they uh, started talking about their games. So I'm not holding my breath uh, on it getting localized, especially since no other title, or rather the one, no other port of the original title, uh, ever saw localization. So the the Samurai Warriors three saw localization, but uh. But that doesn't really count because it's not a Samurai Takamaru game. But he wasn't there, and so maybe maybe it'll be I mean, if it comes out here, that'll be perfect opportunity for Nintendo to bring the uh, the NES title to the eShop, especially since they had a 3D Classics version running it version of it running at uh, E3 a couple years ago now, I think. But yeah, it looked very cool, and uh, the the announcements Nintendo had, other than other than losing money, which actually came later after the actual announcements. Uh, weren't that all that impressive or exciting? Uh, I don't think. So. I mean, they just had their own conference thing in Japan, and even that I think was more aimed at Japan rather than North American audiences. I think North America is just going to wait till E3. Although we got some pretty good stuff lined up here soon, so I don't think uh, Nintendo's too concerned about anything right now in terms of the American audience. I think they got Mario. They got Mario Kart. They'll sell through the holidays. So yeah. Yet another song, Kirby's Mass Attack, Forest One. And guess what I've been playing? Kirby's Mass Attack. I did play Forest One, but I went beyond that too, to Forest Two, Three, Four, and more. Oh So yeah, Kirby Mass Attack is pretty cool. I got I got a review coming up for it. It's actually gonna be for the Speed Gamer, so uh So that should be coming very soon actually. I need to get that finished, cause my deadline is soon. Uh, it took me a while to get through it. It's actually a pretty long game. I was pretty surprised, but then again, I also kind of did everything. Although you kind of have to do everything, so never mind. Uh, it's it's a pretty long game. Um, and then there's some work, a lot of extra content too. Although I think you'll get a lot of the meaningful content uh, on your original run through. So I don't think you have to worry. I don't think you you have to worry too much about like straining to get the extra content. Uh, there's like one mode that you have to unlock by getting, like, all of these coins that you find in the levels. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I, I, I like the minigames a lot. 
the game itself is all right. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much to set the review, but it's basically it feels like if Pikmin had a generic Pikmin that didn't really do anything and it just kind of masked onto people. And I had some awesome technical problems with the touch screen, so I've seen some positive reviews on it, but um, I have a feeling I'm going to come in below what other people want or saying. I don't know. I haven't read um, the other reviews because I just I don't like reading reviews if I'm going to review a title, but uh, I'll read it after and see what other people thought. I I'm having some uh, <laughs> some not so good thoughts about the game. Uh, I'm also playing Xenoblade as usual, or as I guess as usual because I've been doing this so so unfrequently. This show I still haven't figured out a way to talk about it. Um, uh, I don't really want to do a review of it, especially so late now. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. It might be something that I come up with something to do later down the line to to talk about it. Uh, and then I also played a little bit of an Xbox, or originally an Xbox and PC. Was it a PC? I don't know. I knew it was originally on the Xbox. It might have been on PC, and then it was ported to the PS2 a year later. Uh, Full Spectrum Warrior, which I was playing for a reason on the Speed Gamers were doing some uh, some little small article things, but it ended up not working for uh, what our article topic was, so I ended up having to cut it. But it's a very cool game. Um, I, I, <laughs> we're already pushing time here, so I, I wish I could talk about it more. But back when... I guess some of this up really quick. I, I played a lot of Quake and stuff like old school shooters uh, back in the day. So when I played this game, it really taught me a lot about using cover in games. And it seems, sounds really weird. I mean, cover makes sense totally to, in these days. You know, every game uses it. But back then, I wasn't familiar with it. And um, it it used... Uh, it really taught me a lot about using cover in first-person shooters, even though it's not a first-person shooter at all. It's actually a strategy game. But uh, I want to... I wanna, touch on that game again eventually too like Lost Kingdoms which speaking of which um, I think I'm going to be re- reviving uh, what you're talking about sounds it's been sounded appealing lately and TSG's like hey give me some content I'm like hey okay give you some content and so we'll see uh, how that goes I like what you talk about because they're, they're very short sweet articles on uh, on games, and I, I'm going to change the focus a little bit in how I write them, uh, mainly because before they kind of sounded kind of review-y, but now I'm going to just kind of kind of uh, hit certain points of title I want to talk about, and I might start talking about games that I haven't played, because I think what you talk about lends itself well to just kind of informing people about a game, rather than actually telling people whether it's good or not, just uh, if a game... I mean, obviously, I don't want to just pull some random shovelware game, but I think I could. Pull, I want to pull. I guess here's a, here's a title that I would think of. I saw an article a while back ago, and this probably this might be why I started talking about what you talk about again. But they talked about a a balloon trip game that was ported to the Famic or well, yeah, it was it was uh, brought to the Famicom. It was I think it was a Game Boy game, but it was brought to the Famicom uh, after a U.S. release as a Hello Kitty game, which is kind of weird. And there's Nintendo developed and everything. Uh, so it's stuff like that that I want to do. I mean, I think it's interesting to see that and interesting to know the facts behind it rather than just uh, kind of like what I would kind of do before is just give a summary of the goods and the bads of the game, which is essentially a review. 
So, uh, yeah, I kind of want to change the focus of it a little bit. But we are at almost 12 minute mark. And, you know, this is a short, fun podcast. We'll keep it short and sweet. This one's going to be a little long with a lot of extra talking. Where before it was a little long because I put a crap load of music in. But, yeah, we can short, short and sweet this week. Or long and long and sweet this week. Uh, and so I hope to talk to you guys in the future again. You guys are... Those who listen are good friends of mine, maybe. I don't know. I don't know who you are. But you could be a good friend of mine. Possibly. So, so yeah, I don't really do these for people to hear. But, you know, you're welcome to listen if you want. It's more of me just doing stuff. So, so I'll end today with Animal Crossing Shampoodle. It's one of my favorite tunes from the Animal Crossing series. And as much as I want change in future titles for the Animal Crossing series, I would love for the song to stay in the series. So, so here is Animal Crossing's Shampoodle. This is the City Folk Edition. <laughs> 